Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 26th of September, 2023. Happy and lovely Tuesday to you. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Be with you for the next little bit or so. Give you all the details and what's going on in the world. And mock it relentlessly, because Lord knows it needs to be. And God knows there's nobody else doing it in a way that absolutely deserves to be. It needs to be mocked. All these people are so damn serious. Love to take themselves so seriously. It is, uh, I, I don't know. I know some of these people. They're not serious people. They're attention whores and salesmen, used car salesmen. But hey, whatever, whatever. Uh, there is a lot going on. Don't forget about uh, at the end of the show, I will give out the winner of the book. Tom Brokaw was chosen. If you're, you've already been notified, uh, this one comes to us through the uh, locals. So if you're a locals member, I can only reply to the comment. It's a different way to notify. So your comment, if you're the winner, has a reply from me. So check it out. You should, I assume you get a notification. I don't know. But uh, at patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com, the new contest will be posted by the time you hear this. So... Check it out and enter again for this week. All right. I got to start off with Senator Bob Menendez. His daughter works for MSNBC in a shocking development. She's been a left-wing pundit for a long time, hasn't she? And now, like, okay, she's... Her her father is accused of accepting bribes and having all kinds of cash. You see, the thing about taking bribes is you got to find a way to make that money clean. you got to launder that money. Because if somebody says, look, there are a lot of people who would be offered, I'll give you a million dollars for your vote on this, or your support for that, or whatever. No, yeah, no, it's great. And you can take that million dollars. But if you show up at your bank with, hey, uh, got a million dollars here I want to put in my bank account, they're going to have some questions for you. The government is going to have some questions for you. They have some pretty arcane banking rules, uh, one of which that impacts a lot of people, depending on your business, like people who do craft shows, trade shows, card shows, and things, is if you do transactions, all transactions above $10,000 in cash have to be reported to the government. They're like a suspicious activity kind of thing is generated. Now, I've... I've reached that threshold once and I was, it was, I'd been doing a lot of, this was, I don't know, God, it had to be 10 years ago. I was still living in Baltimore and I like, I don't know why it is. There's something about me growing up poor. You sit there and you come up with weird games. You play with money and, and money always messes with you your whole life. If you never had any and you just get a little, it messes with you. I can't imagine what it's like if you get a ton of it. But I had uh, some money in the bank, and then I had some really good couple of months consulting, right? And so I was doing other odd jobs and things and writing columns and whatnot, and I would get these checks. I'd get checks and checks and checks. And I saved up the check. I couldn't get to my bank. My bank is, uh, 
it keeps weird hours and is on government property, so it's tough to get to. I mean, there are other branches, but I didn't have a car at the time. So I could get to the banks that the checks were drawn on. And so I would go and cash these checks and save the money. Cash these checks and save the money. Now, you sit there and you think, that's insane. Why would you do that? Because to me, it was like saving the money. It was like a savings account. If it, I, I mean, I could have spent the money. For a long time, I would hold the checks for almost till as long as I could before they'd expire because if I didn't cash them, then I couldn't spend the money. I wasn't going to carry around. I always got it in $100 bills. I wasn't going to carry around $100 bills and spend that. So it was like, it was like saving. Plus, it was really kind of cool to hold what ultimately ended up being over the course of a few months $15,000 in cash and a great picture of my friend Todd we went I forget where we were going but we went by the uh he drove me to my bank and so before we went in he I took a big picture of him with the hundred dollar it's all in hundred dollar bills fanned out might have been 17 it was like 15 or 17 thousand wasn't any more than that but I was like I better go put this in the bank when I need it and it was no taxes were taken out so it was like it wasn't really all mine but it had been a f quite a few months, and it's like I knew that if it wasn't in my bank account, I couldn't spend it. Well, I just—I didn't know. I just walked in there with this cash. I figured I want to deposit this; it'd be pretty easy to do. The lady behind the counter gives me this huff and puff of look, like whoa. Ugh, she had to go do extra paper. It was like—I think it was probably a Friday too. It was close to closing time, but if, if I had known, I don't know that I would have changed anything because of her attitude but she was you know she's like i gotta do this you gotta do that and she explained to me why they had to do it and I'm like if you look over the course of the uh, period of time i've made no deposits and in the past i had made deposits maybe not of that amount or maybe i don't even know but it was i'd made deposits before this wasn't like an out of a bank account that i had 200 dollars in the whole time and then suddenly I show up like I won the lottery or something. But they had to do all this extra paperwork and I had to explain where I got the cash from. And nothing came of it. This, like I said, was 10 years ago or something like that. So I can't imagine... I, I wouldn't... I make, don't make that mistake anymore, especially now with mobile banking where you can take a picture of the, of the check and send it in. And be like That's as good as being there, which is awesome. So... When Senator Menendez, New Jersey Democrat, got into trouble for corruption? I guess that's the word, corruption. Yeah, bribery taken. He had to find a way to make this money clean. Now, that's the thing about taking bribes. Like I said, how do you make this money clean? You've suddenly got a million dollars. What are you going to do? And you, you find out, if you know anything about money laundering, that these people, they, they don't end up with a million dollars. They probably end up with uh, 800000 to a half million, somewhere in there. Why? Because the people, quote unquote, cleaning the money, and you can learn all this if you watch enough television, the people cleaning the money, making it legit, got to wet their beaks. They're committing a crime too. Really an easy way to do this, honestly. And, uh, if you want a... Uh, an easy way to take a bunch of bribe money to make it legit. 
is baseball cards and comic books. Right. You're not going to come out with all the money, but you go and you buy some baseball cards. It's a mostly cash business. You can buy some really expensive baseball cards. And then you break them out. You usually buy them professionally graded or whatever. You don't have to buy them professionally graded. But then who the hell's going to know if you how long you had a credit card or a credit card, a baseball card for? You buy a $500,000 baseball card for $500,000 in cash. The dude selling it to you at the show isn't going to go, wait a second, I don't feel comfortable. They probably won't. And if they do, you just buy a whole bunch of $10,000 cards and $20,000 cards and $50,000 cards. It's easy enough to blow through. I'd imagine it would be easy enough to blow through a million bucks and something like that. And then you turn around and sell them. A dealer will sell you, buy something from you for, I don't know, 70 cents on the dollar. They got to have an ability to make a profit. Or you can sell. There are consignment houses. There are businesses that do auction houses that uh, will take a cut only from the buyer and you get all the money. You could easily clean that money up. And then somebody says, hey, Where'd you get this million dollars of the baseball cards? Well, I've been collecting baseball cards my whole life. I had those since I was a kid. I finally decided to part ways with them. Like, they can't disprove it. They can't disprove it. People have base. I have baseball cards from when I was a kid. I wasn't a kid at the time when I was base- when I was a kid. The baseball cards are worth crap now. But, but you get the point. You could buy at one point. I did have a Ty Cobb card. It was a T two o six Ty Cobb card. It was. I forget what I traded. I traded for it. It was worth like $120 when I got it as a kid. And uh, it was almost torn in half. But it was a Tiger. Now it would probably be a $2,000 card. I don't have it anymore. God knows where it is. Probably eventually did rip all the way in half. But that's the kind of return on the investment you could say. Look, I bought these things when I was younger. They've appreciated in value. That's what happens with these things. You could come up with all kinds of stuff. But no, Bob Menendez took another route. This story from the uh, New York Post. Kind of love this. Got gold bars sitting here. Senator Bob Menendez on Monday denounced efforts to prosecute him on federal bribery charges, saying he kept the piles of cash that federal agents found in his home and that allegedly link him to crimes because he is the son of Cuban immigrants. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Look, it's it's a brilliant stroke of genius here for a couple of reasons. First of all, it explains, not a very particularly believable explanation, but it explains why he has the cash. As he, he withdrew it. Now, if he does have records of his withdrawals of this money over time, that's one thing. It, it, he's good. But it also plays the race card in there, throws the race card right in there. It's because of my Cuban roots. Listen, listen to what he said. This is, this is something to behold. It is a subtle playing of the race card. He, is, he has already played the I'm Hispanic and I'm being harassed card too. But this is a very subtle play of the race card. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. You go, wait, what? Now, before I laugh at that, in the interest of full disclosure, I have heard stories. I never knew anybody who lived through the Great Depression, but I have heard stories of people 
who lived through the Great Depression, who didn't trust banks, who kept money in weird places. You hear the person, $100,000 sewn in their coat. They were homeless, but they had this money there, blah, 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 sewn in the mattress, whatever it is. You go, why, why the hell would they do that? Because they don't trust banks. They had money, they don't trust banks. And then it sort of eventually, you know, not trusting banks didn't drive them crazy, but it was one of many symptoms that helped drive them crazy. So it is entirely possible that somebody could be influenced by events when they were particularly young and never really recover from it. It happens all the time, right? That being said, I'm not really sure that Senator Menendez qualifies for that, considering that he was born in New York City, right? Now, his parents were Cuban immigrants, no question about it, but they had immigrated before Bob Menendez was born. Bob Menendez was born on January 1st, 1954, and his Cuban immigrant parents had left Cuba months earlier in 1953. Now, he could say, I have memories as a zygote, what have you. Maybe. But this is just a complete and total pander, a way to drop and say, look, I'm Hispanic. Let's not forget that. Okay, let's not forget that I'm Hispanic. I mean, you have to love it. It's freaking brilliant. <laughs> he went on to say, quote, Now, this may seem old-fashioned, but these were monies drawn from my personal savings account based on the income that I had, had I have lawfully derived over those 30 years. Menendez then ducked out immediately after he made the remarks in English and in Spanish to illustrate the point. Uh, ignoring shouted questions from the approximately 50 reporters in the room, he did not explain how more than $100,000 worth of gold bars came to be in his Inglewood Cliffs home in addition to the greenbacks. He had like half a million dollars. Now, look, if you are at all concerned about whatever, you want to keep a little bit of mad money around just in case... That's understandable, but a half million dollars worth, a half million dollars worth, and another hundred thousand dollars in gold bars. What are you doing with gold bars? I love, I hear these commercials all the time. Buy gold, buy the gold. I get scared when restaurants close because I'm freaked out and I don't know what's going on. So I buy gold, cook it up, and eat it and sift it out of my poop and blah, blah, blah. And like, what? Are you talking? Just just tell people the, the, the uncertain times to buy gold. Here's a bit of a pro tip for you. If things really hit, look, buy gold if you want to buy gold. I don't care if you buy gold. But if things really hit the fan, things really go sideways, and people are starving and there's anarchy everywhere, I think food is probably a bigger bit of trade bait than some shiny metal. Not to say that shiny metal won't have some value, what have you. It has lasted for some weird reason through a lot of human history. But honestly, if people are starving and you've got a pocket full of gold, they could just wait you out. They could just kill you. They could do whatever. They want seeds. They'd want food. That, I think, would be 
a much better bartering chip for the new economy. Gold dollars are worth so much, so buy gold. Okay, well, at various points, at least one point in this country's history, they've made private gold ownership illegal. And the federal government confiscated all the gold. World War II, I believe it was. So you, you sit there and you go, well, they, that, what was that? That plan wasn't super great. Planning all sorts of things would be, just thinking about this stuff would be so much better. But to have $100,000 worth of gold just laying around your house while you're a United States senator, I think you got some, some splaining to do. Speaking of Cubans, Ricky Ricardo used to say that, but Senator Menendez is not about to do any explaining and he refuses to resign. A couple of senators have called for him to resign from the Senate, which is a nice change. A couple of uh, Democrats have, including Sherrod Brown out of New York. He released a statement. It was like one sentence. betrayed the trust of the people of New Jersey. He should resign. Here's Sherrod Brown's complete statement on Menendez. Quote, Senator Menendez has broken the public trust and should resign from the U.S. Senate, end quote. All right. It was a written statement. Seems like you could come out and, I don't know, say something like that. Maybe answer some questions, put some real pressure on him. But that's not really how it works. It's just not. So, who knows? Frankenstein said he's going to return the $5,000 that Menendez donated to his 2022 campaign. It's all virtue signaling crap. The money was spent. He's not going to give back the votes that that $5,000 bought. I love how people, this man is corrupt. I don't care for his corruption. Therefore, I'm going to give him. Menendez was known to be corrupt for a very long time. You took his money happily when it mattered. Now that it doesn't, now that you don't have to face voters for six years, you're going to give it back, quote unquote, give it back. Here, wait a second. You're going to return the money. The senator is corrupt. Here's $5,000 back. How about you take $5,000 and you donate it to charity? How about that? Huh? It's, it wouldn't really matter. You've already, like I said, spent the money no matter what. But giving money back to a corrupt guy because he's corrupt seems a little stupid. It just does. To me, it seems a little stupid. <laughs> But I'm not, I'm not a New Jersey Democrat. They, they voted for these people. This is what they do. This is what you get. Speaking of what you do and what you get and stupid people, I've got two audio clips of the President of the United States. It brings me no joy to bring you these audio clips, but it is a demonstration of just how far gone Joseph Robinette Biden is. Because uh, it's embarrassing. If, almost feel bad. If he weren't doing so much evil, you'd almost feel bad for him. There's no way he doesn't know he's not doing, that he's doing evil. So the slipping is like, okay, slip faster. That's kind of what you're saying. Slip faster. Let's finish this thing rather than try and keep it going. But listen to this. Joe Biden trying to talk about the Pacific Islanders and a program he signed into law. And he's The most important thing I want you, the the topic doesn't matter. What matters is he is literally reading from a piece of paper. He is literally reading this from a piece of paper and he still screws it up. 
So today, I'm pleased to announce we're working with Congress to invest $40 billion in our Pacific Islands Infrastructure Initiative. We call it the PI, anyway, it doesn't matter what we call it, but that's what it is. <laughs> I, I was going to get back to acronyms, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withstand not doing that. He doesn't sound good. He doesn't sound healthy. He certainly doesn't sound energetic. And then the Pacific P I G no G um I I don't I don't know what the hell they call it. it doesn't matter. I created it. I don't know what the hell it is. I wasn't even in town. You would think he was drunk, but he's not. You're looking at a physically exhausted elderly man. A physically exhausted elderly man. Now to celebrate because the Democrats are desperately trying to like make Joe Biden seem hip. They want to try and get the youth vote back. They want to try and get the black vote back. So they drag out LL Cool J. And you're like, what? Youth vote? I'm not really sure that well, he's got to be in his 50s, right? At this point, isn't LL Cool J? Not that that's old or anything, but it's not like we need to get those teeny boppers. If we can get the 18 to 24 crowd to vote for us, we're going to win. Who can we get? Well, there's nobody at all who relates more to 18, 24-year-olds than a 50, he's 55, than a 55-year-old rapper. Like, huh? Yes, James Todd Smith, LL Cool J, stands for Ladies Love Cool James. Yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> not really sure that's getting youth vote, but whatever. See, when you're dealing with Democrats, especially an old Democrat like Joe from the segregationist days of the Democratic Party, you just trot out a black guy who you just assume he's popular. You know, black don't crack, and you just assume he's younger than he is, and it's just all there is to it. Now, I want you to pay close attention to him. He butchers LL Cool J's name. And then he, call, he calls him boy. I'm old enough, and I suspect you're old enough since you're currently alive, to remember when especially an old rich white dude calling a black man boy boy was considered racist it wasn't that long ago in fact it was right up until the moment when joe biden called ll cool j boy after that it's everybody just kind of going home oh, he didn't say that just pretend just eyes front everybody look just pretend go along i'm sure that the memo was not sent out at MSNBC. It didn't need to be sent out. I'm sure that Rachel Maddow gave just one side eye to a producer. Said, nobody on this network better touch this. Nobody on this network better acknowledge that the President of the United States just used a racial slur to describe LL Cool J, all right? And they'll give him all sorts of credit that he eventually changed it to man. <laughs> You can hear it. Here it is. Two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh, by the way, that boy's got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's... That boy's got, that boy ain't nothing. Boy, get off my porch, boy. What are you doing around here, boy? That boy, I mean, man, man, that man, man. No, 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 I'm not, totally not racist. My default setting is not totally, completely racist. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, Joe. Nice work. Good on you. you <laughs> go regale me with stories again, Grandpa Racist, about how you were embraced by the segregationists when you first showed up 
in the United States Senate, please. Regale me with tales of that, won't you? Boy, that boy, man, that boy is something to behold. My God. And then, you know, you sit there and, and I sit there and I think, should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? I'm not sure. But I'm going to do it anyway because it needs to be done. Donald Trump, somebody in Donald Trump's world, and I know that there's a lot of people who love Donald Trump. Maybe there's some people listening in Donald Trump's world. I know you're never going to control him. You're never going to get him to stop tweeting or fake tweeting over Truth Social, whatever. But at some point, don't you have to sit him down and say, just if you want to win, you got good polling data in yesterday. If you really want to be president, if you don't want to be president, quit. Okay, find a way. Say, you know what, younger generation, blah, blah, whatever it is. But if you really want to be president again, stop being an ass. Stop saying stupid things. You can think stupid things. You can tell your inner circle stupid things, and you can, you know, keep that all in house. It'll help you find out who the leakers are and who the leakers aren't. Although I suspect he's the biggest leaker of them all. But there are certain ways to put things. And I know he knows because when Democrats say something, because he's been the victim of it so many times, when Democrats say something, he points out, well, why, is, what, why isn't this person canceled? Why isn't this person catching hell? Whatever. What am I talking about? There's two things. He goes on Truth Social. I don't know anybody who isn't paid to be on Truth Social who's on Truth Social. Honestly. And he goes after NBC News. NBC News sucks. You won't find a more thoughtful and harsher critic of NBC News and the products that they put out than me. But there are ways to criticize it that don't make you sound like a dictator wannabe. I'll explain that in a second. But first, this from The Independent. On another topic, again, where... You can see what he's trying to say, but you have to be smart enough to go. Stop selling arms to your enemies. Stop selling arms to your enemies. It makes life so much better because you know what? Because if you don't give ammunition to your enemies, they don't have any ammunition to come after you with. And then they get really stupid. Then they get paranoid. Then they get crazy. Then they go nuts. Rush Limbaugh used to talk about how the greatest thing in the world was watching liberals go crazy when they were out of power because that's when their real crazy came out. You think they're crazy when they're in power. They really show you who they are when they're out of power. This story from the UK Independent. Donald Trump made a series of aggressive comments on social media about outgoing head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, suggesting the top general's leader's conduct was worthy of execution. He did. I mean, it's not exactly what he said, but you don't give your your opponents that opening. You don't give your enemies that opening. Quote, Mark Milley, who led perhaps the most embarrassing moment in American history with his grossly incompetent implementation of the withdrawal from Afghanistan, costing many lives, leaving behind hundreds of American citizens and handing over billions of dollars of the finest military equipment ever, may be or will be leaving the military this week. That's all one run-on sentence. Mr. Trump wrote on True Social on Friday, continued quote, This will be a time for all citizens of the U.S. to celebrate. 
this guy turned out to be a woke train wreck who, if the fake news reporting is correct, was actually dealing with China to give them a heads up on the thinking of the President of the United States. This is an act so egregious that in times gone by, the punishment would have been death, and death is all in capitals. Now, Millie is leaving. Donald Trump appointed Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, so it's probably not super good to sit there and you know, accuse him of being wildly incompetent and incredibly stupid because at this point, I think Trump has concluded that same thing at about 90% of the people he hired who at some point disagreed with him. It's probably best to let it go. The people who love Donald Trump either don't know who Mark Milley is or don't like Mark Milley already. To sit there and say, look, yes, this was an act so egregious that in times gone by, the punishment would have been death. Okay, we don't really need the history lesson. You're not a professor of history, but you have to know that that's going to come back. The left is going to use that. They're going to weaponize that against you. That's what I mean when I say don't sell arms to your enemies. Don't give weapons to your opponents. And yet he does it. He does it regularly. And he goes on to, uh, I don't know what the hell they call these stupid messages on truth. He pays people to screen capture his true social posts and put them out on Twitter. Like, you're not fooling anybody, dude. Nobody sees this crap on true social. Okay. Says uh, on true social today, I believe. Quote, they are almost all dishonest and corrupt, but Comcast, with its one side and vicious coverage by NBC News, and in particular MSNBC, often incorrectly referred to as MSDNC, parentheses, Democrat National Committee, exclamation point, parentheses. It's exhausting because he's talking to everybody like they're five-year-olds and don't know what the hell's going on. Should be investigated. They should be investigated uh, for its, quote, country-threatening treason country-threatening treason, end quote. The tweet thing continues. Their endless coverage of the now fully debunked scam known as Russia, 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 and much else is one big campaign contribution to the radical left Democrat Party. I say up front openly and proudly that when I win the presidency in the United Sta- of the United States, is there another one that he could win? Is there like, confusion? Thanks for clarifying. They and others of the lamestream media will be thoroughly scrutinized for their knowingly dishonest and corrupt coverage of people, things, and events. Why should NBC or any other of the corrupt and dishonest media companies be entitled to use the very valuable airwaves of the USA for free? They are a true threat to democracy and are, in fact, and then it goes all caps. The enemy of the people, exclamation point. The fake news media should pay a big price for what they have done to our once great country. Done. Uh, first of all, you could take away their licenses. It doesn't really matter. Most television is delivered over cable now, and I think that the networks would be smart to give up. The public airwaves since there's like five senior citizens who refuse to get cable and anybody else who refused to get cable you bought one of the special antennas tough 
You're not there aren't enough of you to, to matter. But it'll get the government off your back and free them up from having all sorts of uh, regulations and having to deal with the FCC. That being said, I'm not willing to trade their dictator for my dictator. I don't want a dictator. I don't care that it's my dictator. Once you broach the subject, once you break the hymen of the dictator and you embrace your dictator, your dictator is just as likely to turn on you as their dictator is. It's the concept of a dictator that is the problem. Therefore, demon, thereby, or therefore demonstrating that you have these totalitarian instincts, no matter how justified your rage may be, is wildly counterproductive. If you want to pretend that the nine-point lead in the polls yesterday that we talked about is real, then project a little confidence. If you want that nine-point lead and any chance at winning the White House back, again, keep talking like this. You say, well, Democrats do it. Democrats, it doesn't justify it. Democrats don't do it like this anyway. But if you have these, first of all, the federal government has no role in going after the networks. Don't. That's just stupid. The First Amendment matters. Doesn't matter. It applies to Rachel Maddow. Okay, Rachel Maddow is full of crap. Rachel Maddow is a liar. She's still afforded the same rights that we are. If you're going to strip her of her rights, and you're going to go hell yeah, and I'd be tempted to go hell yeah, screw Rachel Maddow. She's awful. Then they'll eventually come for you. They'll eventually come for me. The concept has to matter. It has to matter. I get it's hard sometimes. It's hard for us as normal people sitting around watching this crap that the left does. God, I hate these people. Screw them. Get rid of them. Whatever. But you can't do that. You can't have a president saying to do that. You can't. It's dangerous. It's wildly dangerous. I, I don't know if he's just venting, blowing off steam, or if he means this crap. But a guy who runs for president to smite his enemies is not going to win the general election. It doesn't matter how wildly incompetent and unpopular the opposition is. Democrats will ditch Joe Biden if it really does come, if they really start to believe that it's it's he's going to lose. And they'll put somebody else up there. And if you think that acting like we're going to, you know, go in and execute Lester Holt for his crimes against you, we're going to take Comcast and blah, blah. If you think that's going to fly, and you don't think that somebody like uh, Gavin Newsom, who's an awful person, but a great politician, campaigner, a bullshit artist, can't come in and message against that and win and kick the ass of a guy who's promising that he's going to go out, he's going to use the presidency to go after his political enemies rather than do. People are sitting around going, Donald Trump's going to fight for me. Like, yeah, as president, I will go after the CEO of Comcast. Like, why? Because my cable bill's too low? No, because uh, I don't like what they've been saying about me. Well, what they've been saying about you is crap, but I still can't afford to feed my family. What? what uh, how about you focus on that? rather than smiting the people who said mean things about you. There's a saying that living well is the best revenge. Now, I understand the urge for revenge, and I understand revenge, 
But at a certain point, living well truly is the best revenge. You can make their lives hell in other ways that you don't have to telegraph the punch because now you give people a reason to think that you might not be in this for them. You might not be in this for them. You might be in this for other reasons. You want to make things great because things are great under you. Okay, great. What are you going to do to make things great? I'm going to talk about how Mark Milley sucks and I'm going to talk about how I'm going to go after Comcast. Okay. Um, Okay. Not super productive, I don't think. Just me. And I know a whole bunch of Trump supporters are going to be pissed off. He can do no wrong. But he's not going to lose your vote. He needs that 5 to 7% in the middle that are leaning his way pretty heavily. They're not committed. They haven't drank the Kool-Aid. They are not pot committed. They are looking at Joe Biden and going, I'm not voting for that guy again. But back in their minds, the subtext of that is, I'm not voting for that guy again unless the other guy is worse. So doing crap like this and saying crazy things that will impact nobody's life, that make it seem like he wants to be president again strictly for vengeance, is the fastest way to evaporate a lead. We'll see if this plays in the uh, in the primary. Trump is scared and not showing up to another debate. It'll be interesting to see if anybody can make hay out of this. Oh, he's not scared. He's just so far. He's scared. He's scared. He's con- you know, you don't. He's scared that he could lose his r- lead. That he that these people could do damage to him. That's fear. It doesn't matter. It's cocky. Why should he show up? He doesn't have to show up. But it's out of fear that something could go wrong. And he even says, I could lose points. They could attack me and it'd look bad. That's fear. You can call it a lot of other things too, but it's fear. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody brings that up in the debate. Because Lord knows he keeps giving them things to talk about that are not good, that will hurt him in a general election. It may make him endeared even deeper to the people who absolutely love him. But I think articulating a clear vision for the country would do that too. And that might actually win more voters and supporters over to his side, more so than promising vengeance. Vote for me so that I might smite my enemies. Doesn't inspire me. Anyway, that's enough for today, ladies and gentlemen. This week's book contest. That means that, uh, what is it, Gene Hackman is returning because the winner, Jason, chose Tom Brokaw of NBC News. Speaking of NBC News, congratulations, Jason. Send me a message. Um, Greg Gutfeld is stepping up to take on Gene Hackman. Now, I've got to add a qualifier to this. I've got all the Gutfeld books autographed. A friend of mine got them autographed for me. I was unambiguous in that I did not want them personalized. I did not want them personal. I'm trying something new here because I want to give Greg Gutfeld book away, but I, my idiot friend got them all personalized. It's nothing more annoying than somebody who's like, I'll only personalize it. Well, I don't really want your autograph. There are lots of people like, I want to give your book away. Your book means nothing to me. I want to give your book away to other people that it might mean, it's nothing personal, Nobody's book really means anything to me. 
So, like, I gave away all the copies. I don't, I don't know that I have a copy of my own freaking book, to be honest with you. Uh, but, like, I just don't want to... I want to be able to give it away. Or some people, you know, quite frankly, at some point, I might want to sell it. One of the first editions of the hardcover of The Exorcist that I have, you can maybe get a grand for that. William Peter Blatty wasn't a dick about it. William Peter Blatty understood what he was doing, and he signed it, and he did it. Ralph Nader for the first edition of The uh, Unsafe at Any Speed that I got him to sign. He, didn't, he did kind of jokingly. He goes, you know what you could sell this for if I sign this? Like, you can get $800 for it. This was probably eight years ago. And I said, yeah, I know. He goes, oh, man, you want me to personalize it? And I looked at him like, hell no, I don't want you to personalize it. I'm not going to sell it right away, but I would like to have the option of it. Things like that. I got a first edition of the British version of a first printing, first edition, different cover. It's blue of the Satanic Verses signed by uh, Salman Rushdie. Not many of those floating around. And like, you want me to personalize it? No, I don't want you to personalize it. I do have, I have the cover of Life magazine with uh, Adam West on it. And his, he was just a dick. He wouldn't not personalize it. And I was like, Ugh. I'm paying you for it. Well, and his manager's there, and he's just looking up at his manager like, what do I do? And I'm like, just sign your fucking name, dude. I'm sorry. Just sign your name. And he's like, well. And he looks at his manager. No, no, no. They didn't want anything for him to sign anything that could have resale value at this convention. I'm like, I'm paying you 40 bucks for you to sign your name. What the hell do you care what I do with it after that? What I really wanted was just to be able to frame. Burt Ward was there too. I wanted to frame it and hang it on a wall. And the whole, hey, to Derek, or best of wishes. I just didn't want that crap on it. That was just a pain in the ass. I really just hate. I don't personalize anything unless somebody wants it personalized. And then I'll personalize it in a way they want if they want it personalized in a way. Because it really just sucks all the value out of it. So Greg Gutfeld book, Derek. I don't know what the hell he wrote. I don't know what that word is. C A Y O. I don't know. Uh, and then uh, exclamation point, I think. And then Greg Gutfeld. So it's autographed by Greg Gutfeld. It's autographed to me. Take that as being more valuable or less valuable, whatever you want. But it's got a Greg Gutfeld autograph in it. It is his book, uh, Not Cool, The Hipster Elite and Their War on You. So that is going against Gene Hackman this week. I'm going to see, because I have some books that are personalized, and I'm just like, I didn't want this autographed to me. Stop it. What if I want to give it to my kids or something one day? They pay for their college or whatever. Like, How about you just don't do it? Dear authors and aspiring authors out there and anybody other, if you're asked to personalize, personalize. Some people like that. If you're asked not to personalize or you're not asked anything, don't assume anybody wants it personalized because I promise you they don't if they didn't ask for it they don't but anyway you can win I don't know maybe that's dickish but I'm just I was so sick of it I like friend I had all the books I didn't buy any of them they were all like radio stations are lousy with books that people send for free and I was oh, going to get them autographed for you oh thank you that'd be great no personalization and they all come back personalized it's like I I I had one, we had one job, we had one job. That was it, just one thing. I didn't want you to do, and you did it, it wrong. Now, if it was a joke on one of like five books and like, ha ha, okay. But it's all of them. Who need, if somebody brings you five different books, 
Not the same book, but different books. And would you sign these for them? They don't. Do you want them all signed to you? They don't want them all signed to you. Just stop it. Anyway, that's the contest this week. I'm done bitching about it. I get it. Have yourself an awesome Tuesday. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.